Sanders. Welcome to the Dr. Hedberg Show for cutting-edge practical health information. For the latest articles, videos, and podcasts, visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com. The information in this show is intended for educational purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional before attempting anything recommended in this program. And now, here's Dr. Hedberg. Well, welcome everyone to the Dr. Hedberg Show. This is Dr. Hedberg, and in this episode, I'm going to be covering vitamin D and Hashimoto's disease, and if there is truly a connection. So this is going to be a research-heavy podcast, and that's what you have to do when you look at something like this. So I'm going to basically give you the summaries of many, many studies, I think about 25 different studies on vitamin D and Hashimoto. So we know, I mean, we've known for a long time that vitamin D is very important for your muscles and bones, your immune system. Um, And we know, you know, most people are taking vitamin D who have Hashimoto's because most practitioners do recommend vitamin D for pretty much all types of autoimmune disease. But in, today we're going to look at number one, part one is going to be, is there truly a, a connection between vitamin D deficiency and Hashimoto's disease? And then part two is going to be, does supplementation actually help Hashimoto's disease? So the the real preliminary studies on this goes back to 2009, and the first study was by Kamayak and Swartzak, and this was a review of 12 studies published from 2009 to 2014, and so seven of those studies concluded there was there was a connection between lower vitamin D levels and Hashimoto's disease. But the other two showed no association. And then three of those studies were inconclusive. So Boskurt, Kamerdin, and Matsurnia. So a lot of these names I'm talking about are just the lead authors of the studies. And uh, those three authors did establish a connection but uh, Goswami in 2009 showed no association between vitamin D and thyroid peroxidase antibody positivity. So the, the takeaway message from the Kamayak and Swartzak article was that it was really neither an absolute yes nor definitive no if there was a connection and so they just talked about the fact that we need more studies to confirm the connection. Now, they did say that vitamin D supplementation was not affected or has not affected disease occurrence. And that was summarized in, in two recent reviews. So the associations between vitamin D deficiency and Hashimoto's disease may just indicate that vitamin D status is really just a marker of bad health. And so that's another possibility that they talked about. 
Now in 2017, just last year, Anaraki found no association between vitamin D and Hashimoto's disease. And then in 2016, uh, Boyuk also reached the same conclusion that there was no connection between vitamin D and Hashimoto's. So in 2018, the researcher Botello reviewed several studies from 2012 to 2016, and he basically found that there was no, that those findings showed truly, yes, and a, a good association between vitamin D and Hashimoto's disease, but he also said that it really remains an unresolved issue in the literature. So he he talked about a lot of, of studies in that review, but on the contrary, let's go over the, the other findings in the research. So Sun et al. in 2017 revealed that vitamin D levels were inversely correlated with positive thyroid peroxidase antibodies, and higher vitamin D levels were linked to lower TSH levels in males. So that meant that the lower your vitamin D levels, um, the greater the chances of positive uh, thyroid peroxidase antibodies. And then the higher the vitamin D levels, the lower the TSH, which could indicate better thyroid function. And then Ma et al. in 2015 found that there were there were lower levels of vitamin D in Hashimoto's thyroiditis patients relative to the controls in that study. And then Wang in 2015, this was a meta-analysis. So just to, for those of you who who don't understand all the different types of research, reviews, and meta-analyses, and double-blind, placebo-controlled, and things like that. The, uh, the meta-analysis is sort of the, the gold standard of making a conclusion about, um, about what you're trying to look at. So you have randomized controlled trials, which are sort of ranked number two behind meta-analyses. And so a meta-analysis is an overall view of all the randomized controlled trials that have been done on a particular subject. So Wang's uh, meta-analysis of 20 studies and Matsukopoulos, I believe that's a Greek name, um, his review also corroborated with Ma's conclusion that there is an association between vitamin D and Hashimoto's. And then uh, Boskert in 2013 found a direct relationship between vitamin D and Hashimoto's disease. So quite a bit of uh, research there that we've covered so far. Um, I don't want to really get into the, the deep, deep details of all these studies because like I said, there's we reviewed 25 of these. And I just want to really give you the the overall picture. But uh, Botello, in his study, the conclusion was lower levels of vitamin D have not been associated with Hashimoto's disease. However, 
thyroxin levels, so that's T4 levels, were determined as a risk factor for vitamin D insufficiency. So additional studies are warranted to clarify the precise role of vitamin D and autoimmune thyroid disease. And then Yasme in 2016 also found no connection. Uh, but they separated their Yasme separated the research groups by gender. And so the levels of vitamin D for Hashimoto's disease and control groups among women uh, were significantly different. However, there was no significant difference in vitamin D levels among the male group. So there's some sex differences there. And furthermore, the researchers stated that none of the females were actually deficient in vitamin D in the first place. So it's just that the levels were different between two female groups, the Hashimoto's group versus the healthy group. So do we place our emphasis on these two recent studies by Botello and Yasbe that show no connection? And what did other more recent studies and meta-analyses reveal? So Bakker and uh, Miwed, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but so that was in 2017 and their study, they did find an association between vitamin D and Hashimoto's disease. And not only a positive correlation between vitamin D and Hashimoto's, but also an inverse correlation with thyroid antibodies. So that means that the lower the vitamin D levels, the higher the antithyroglobulin and antithyroid peroxidase antibodies. So uh, some pretty strong connections there. And then Kim, in 2017, reviewed 20 studies through 2016, and he concluded that most studies have shown an association between low vitamin D and autoimmune, disease, autoimmune thyroid disease, especially Hashimoto's. Uh, but he did state there are only a few preliminary studies for Hashimoto's disease, and he calls for further randomized controlled trials to determine a causal relationship. Okay, so moving ahead, so if we delve further into this research in the recent years and and we look beyond those studies that Kim looked at in his meta-analyses, uh, there were other conclusions that do point to a strong correlation between vitamin D and Hashimoto's. So in 2017, Machajewski, he revealed that serum vitamin D is significantly lower in Hashimoto's disease versus controls. And uh, he and the other researchers in that study did suggest that a vitamin D deficiency is one of the risk factors for developing Hashimoto's disease. And then Lyonitris and Matsukapakis in 2017, they concluded that there is an association between vitamin D deficiency and Hashimoto's disease, and also just uh, thyroid hypofunction and autoimmunity in general. And so they did uh, demonstrate an association there. 
and then Sanmagaz et al. in 2016 studied a group of 136 Turkish children and determined that the prevalence of vitamin D deficiency was higher in subjects with Hashimoto's disease compared to controls. And then finally, in 2017, Hu and Raimon concluded that lower vitamin D status was found in Hashimoto's disease and that there was an inverse relationship between vitamin D and thyroid antibodies. They did say, however, that low vitamin D levels were more likely the result of autoimmune disease processes that included some dysfunction with the Hashimoto's disease patients' vitamin D receptors. So that's kind of a a summary of, of part one. And so the overwhelming preponderance of all these studies in part one do show an association between of low vitamin D and Hashimoto's disease and also higher thyroid antibody levels, uh, the lower the vitamin D levels. Now, one of the things to remember is that vitamin D levels may be low because of inflammation in the gut, also just inflammation in the body and insulin resistance and being overweight. Those are some of the main things that can cause vitamin D levels to show up low. And if you think about it, a lot of people with Hashimoto's disease, since they're hypothyroid, they could be overweight. They could be insulin resistant. They could have bowel inflammation because gut health is really key when it comes to looking at what may have triggered the Hashimoto's and what may perpetuate, what may be perpetuating the condition. So those are some other variables to think about. And that's what who and, and Raimon stated that those low vitamin D levels could just be the result of the autoimmune disease processes. So part two that I want to talk about now is does supplementing with vitamin D actually help Hashimoto's disease? And so some of the studies point to a no, but even more studies conclude a yes in terms of the connection. So that's what the studies to date show taken as a whole. So there's uh, many studies here to, to go over. So I'll briefly summarize. So Chaudhary in 2016 found that vitamin D supplementation has a beneficial effect on Hashimoto's disease by reducing thyroid peroxidase antibody titers. So it did lower TPO antibody levels. And uh, they took 60,000 IU for a week, for eight weeks, and compared it to controls. And uh, there was a significant drop in their TPO antibody levels compared to the controls. Chrysiac in 2017 determined that vitamin D was inversely correlated with thyroid antibodies. And 
Matsukopicus in 2015. In his study, they did four months of vitamin D supplementation, and that was 1,200 to 4,000 IU a day. There was a significant decrease in antithyroid peroxidase antibody levels, so it helped in that study. Simsec in 2016 uh, found that thyroid peroxidase and antithyroglobulin antibodies uh, were significantly reduced as a result of taking 1,000 IU a day of vitamin D for one month. So in just four weeks with 1,000 IU, there was a nice drop in antibody levels. UCAN in 2017 in his study uh, found that vitamin D actually slowed the development of hypothyroidism. So this was 75 patients with Hashimoto's compared to 43 controls. And thyroid antibodies were significantly decreased by vitamin D supplementation. Lionitris and Matsukopicus in 2017 found that there was minimal side effects of supplementing with vitamin D for those with Hashimoto's. And uh, Bakker and Miwed in 2017, in their paper, they recommended that patients with Hashimoto's disease should receive vitamin D supplementation. And Altieri in 2017 stated that supplementation could play a vital role in managing Hashimoto's disease. But he couldn't really determine the correct levels of vitamin D to supplement with since there are so many underlying factors. Some of those I talked about before, but also sun exposure, diet, and things like that. Um... Now, she actually, Altieri, she said that the optimal vitamin D levels to prevent the onset of autoimmune diseases are still under debate. However, the authors suggest that vitamin D levels higher than 30 might be needed in order to reach positive effects. And she added some final notes, and I'll quote, because of the potential side effect of activated vitamin D, uh, cholecalciferol is the preferred form of supplementation. So that's vitamin D3 in comparison to the inactive form of vitamin D, which is vitamin D2, also known as ergocalciferol. So you want D3, which is cholecalciferol, not D2, which is ergocalciferol. Because cholecalciferol, vitamin D3, has a longer half-life in the blood and it has higher tissue bioavailability. She states, it appears necessary to evaluate through controlled randomized studies both the best kind of vitamin D compound and the appropriate dose to prevent insufficient vitamin D levels. So there are several studies up to the present that they either say there is no connection between vitamin D and Hashimoto's disease, and then others conclude that there is a connection. Uh, but there is a, a concurrence 
among researchers that supplementation with vitamin D does in fact appear to reduce thyroid antibodies in patients who already have Hashimoto's disease. So the only recent study that found no improvement in Hashimoto's disease with vitamin D supplementation was conducted by Anaraki in 2017, but the sample size was really small. It was only 30 people and 26 controls. Uh, Follow-up was really short. It was only three months. And even the authors, Anaraki, states that a larger sample size and longer follow-up and enrollment of people with a family history of Hashimoto's disease as they are more prone to autoimmune thyroiditis and may benefit from potential prevention protocols. So the overall picture here is that a majority of the studies do point to a connection between vitamin D and Hashimoto's. Uh, But then regarding supplementation, the majority of the studies indicate that supplementation does in fact help uh, lower antibody levels. So even if there wasn't a, a connection between vitamin D and Hashimoto's disease, and I mean that if, if low vitamin D levels didn't uh, contribute to the development of Hashimoto's disease, that actually really doesn't matter knowing what we know now, because even if there is no initial connection, we do know that supplementing with vitamin D will help reduce antibody levels and improve thyroid function. So we want to do it anyway, based on what the most recent research shows. So I'll usually use around one to 2000 IU a day. Um, I don't really like to go very high. Some are using, you know, four to 5,000 IU a day, but, uh, there is also some other recent research that indicates that a dose is that high could potentially be problematic. And we also know now that the, the vitamin D test, the 25 hydroxy vitamin D test, it actually is not a good test to establish how much vitamin D to supplement with. So we know that if you're supplementing with vitamin D and you do a 25 hydroxy vitamin D test and your levels are are still low or they're not improving, that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to take a higher dose. It could mean that you have to work on your gut health and reduce gut inflammation and improve insulin resistance and lower your body fat and reduce inflammation in the body. All of those reasons could be the reason why your vitamin D levels are not improving on the blood work. And so it could actually be detrimental to continue to just take higher and higher doses to try and push those blood markers higher and higher. And I'm not going to get into all the details of why that's problematic, um, but Dr. Alan Gaby recently wrote an editorial about this, and he covers potential issues with increased cardiovascular risk disease 
as uh, one potential major issue with pushing these level, trying to push these levels really high. So really the best bet is to first just determine if you're deficient, if you're not supplementing. Um, if you are supplementing, then there's really no, not a, a strong reason to test your vitamin D levels over and over again. It's best just to use a, a safe dose of around one to 2,000 IU a day, ideally in a product that also contains vitamin K, uh, which is what I use because the K um, ensures that um, the vitamin D and the calcium are working properly and not being deposited in um, healthy soft tissues in the body, which is which can be one of the problems with too much vitamin D and too much calcium. So it's always best to consult with your physician before taking any kind of supplement, especially vitamin D. Uh, but for now, the research is clear that vitamin D does help improve Hashimoto's disease. So on drheadberg.com, I have links to all 25 or so studies that are covered in this podcast. And there's a lot more detail in the article if you really want to read it. I just go to drhedberg.com under the articles section, and I have all those links there. So I hope this was helpful. And uh, this is Dr. Hedberg, and I'll talk to you next time. Take care. If you enjoy the Dr. Hedberg Show, you can support it by sharing each episode on your social media channels, like Facebook, and by leaving a review on iTunes. Please visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com to access the show notes and resources for today's episode.